0: All right, we're live. What happens, happens, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right. You, so you have, you have one final left, you said?
1: Yeah, one final. It's a, it's a history final for Native American history of the South. Okay. Now, uh, I picked this class thinking it'd be cool and chill, because I'm like, I have Native American ancestry. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was cool for like two days, and then my uh, professor is like a subject matter expert in this field, so I can't... BS my way through any questions, any homework. If I don't know, it's evident that I don't know, and she, she'll she hunt me down. So fortunately, this final was like IDing terms, knowing the five W's, like elementary school, like who, what, when, where, why, and how. So if I apply myself, I think by tomorrow I should be good. And the only thing that's getting me through is by this time tomorrow, I will be heading down Highway 45 back to Dallas. So. <laughs>
0: It's a nice thought,
1: actually. It is a nice thought. It's the only thing getting me through right now.
0: Yeah, I was the same way, and I can tell you, like, la- like yesterday, I was. I remember I was telling my dad as I was studying, like, literally in in twenty four hours, I will have absolutely nothing to do. Oh, that, that's and, such a nice feeling. Yeah, I had two exams. I had one this morning with uh, it's. It was in microbiology, and then another one right after, which was anatomy.
1: Just like the, okay, well, your your exams sound a little higher, like might have some higher stakes compared no,
0: to mine. No, not really. I mean, honestly, if I tried to sit down and go through history stuff, I think I'd, <laughs> I think I'd lose my mind. It's just, it's just a different build for me. So, like, it's good that it's objective, though, right? No, like, yeah, I agree completely, like, yeah. Like, the history of, okay, here's what happened. Uh, like...
1: So, yeah, so pretty much it's like, it started from pre-contact, then, like, Columbus, you know how we learn in, like, middle school history? Yeah. Texas history. And then it gets into, like, all the specific tribes and stuff. But it's like... I'm thinking to myself, that's nothing compared to microbiology, immunology, or what? What did you say it was called? Yeah, microbiology.
0: I had microbiology this morning, and then anatomy. anatomy. later. Yeah, I mean, see, you'd think so, but then if I sit down and start getting into the like geopolitical
1: <laughs> names and dates, yeah, and-
0: all the stuff and like who who was on whose side <laughs> and why did they believe this, I would get so lost so quickly. So yeah, I mean, it is it really is just a different build. I really enjoy. Really no, no, and,
1: and, and that's a good thing. We need guys that enjoy that build because yeah. I put me behind a surgeon's desk and I had nothing good coming out of that. Well, ask me to analyze, like, <laughs> make political decisions. I'm lost.
0: I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. But that's the good thing about, like, being diverse and the way people are wired, right? I mean, if you had everybody doing the same thing, it would be kind of a nightmare.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. There, nothing would get done. Yeah. You know, we can't all be geniuses, right, in the same field. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, God for liberal arts. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, um, so something I did want to ask you about, I brought you on because this is one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and that was, um, so you're in the Corps of Cadets. Correct. Um, you mentioned earlier you were the platoon leader?
1: Yes, yeah. So, I was, uh, so that's a little separate. Uh, so in the Corps of Cadets, I, I'm a junior, right? And I'm also a junior academically. To that note, I'm a junior in the Army ROTC program here. Uh. And as a junior, I run missions with a platoon. And in this platoon, you can be given any position from just a regular squad member with no responsibilities to a squad leader who manages, you know, 8 to 10 people to a platoon leader who manages the entire platoon. So that's upwards of 40 to 50 pr- uh, personnel. Wow. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's a lot. It, it's a lot to get a whole group of people to one common task. But, yeah, I've, I've done that a couple times.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean that's a big deal when you got fifty people that you're you're responsible for. And and what in what ways are you responsible? Like what are what is your, your role as a platoon leader look
1: like? So essentially the role of the platoon leader can be boiled down into one sentence. The platoon leader is responsible for what the platoon does or does not do. It's that simple. So if a mission is a success, great job platoon leader. On to the next one. If it's a fail, platoon leader, why did this go wrong? What were you doing here? Why was your head in your ass doing this? You know, this and that, this and that. So it's uh, a lot of delegation. That's a big thing about leadership. Uh, Not just in the army, especially like very applicable in like the private sector, I would say as well, Uh, is that delegation is literally any leader's best friend. I would argue that delegation is uh, probably your most handy tool as a leader because you yourself, you're not going to be able to manage 50 people. It's up to you to come up to your leaders, because how, how a platoon is structured, just like any other bureaucracy, right? You have the platoon leader, so he's like the CEO or boss, right? And then he's got his squad leaders, and his squad leaders are like his uh, executives, so to speak. He tells executives his vision for like the, the company, right? And these uh, executives say, all right, got it. And the platoon leader says, execute, and then they go make his vision happen. In 30 minutes, come back, we're going to start executing my vision. Some, some, somewhere along those lines. That's how that relates to being a platoon leader, and uh, it's a very uh, dynamic. I, I would ar- honestly say it's a dance. Um, it's a, it's a routine. It's something that you obviously have to learn. I would argue, and I know I'm kind of just talking here, but it's br- it's a lot of learning. I would argue that leaders are not born or made. Or in that argument of leaders are being born or made, I'd say they're made, you know because you put any one person in that situation, not everyone's going to be able to you know succeed in that kind of environment. There's just too many variables happening too quickly, you know, so I would argue that being a platoon leader is more than just accomplishing a task, it's accomplishing the task and then persisting on. If that, you know, makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was something that, you know, whenever we had a conversation about this the other day that you touched on, and I, re- I really like that. It's this idea that, like, you you have to learn. You have to delegate, you know, like, keywords that I feel like are, are thrown around at every corner, you know, when it comes to leadership. but. They're they're super super vital, and I feel like especially with delegation, a lot of people struggle, right? Like you have either extreme where you have the guy that like, no, this is my team, like I got to do everything for them. I have to make the job easier, and then they just get so bogged down with all the things that you know their team wants to do, for right? Sure. As a right. member, as a member of the team, and then you get the other side of like, oh, I'm the leader. I'll just tell everybody to do everything, and I'm just the guy at the top who like at the end of the week says yes or no. Yeah. Right. And I'm so I'm disconnected from what's going on. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. what's actually going on within my team. Right. Um, and that's another problem as well. Um, and I think that's something huge, especially for for people coming in. I mean, we're we're at the end of the spring semester right now. Uh, fall semester is coming up. A lot of people are picking up new new leadership opportunities, whether that's, you know, within an organization, uh, within their classes, whether they're going to be a T.A., um, even just the freshmen coming in. Oh, 100 percent. Right? Like whenever they're they've grown up in an environment where, you know, like they were living with other family members their parents were there like whatever it is and now they've got to show up and they're they're by themselves you know like what yeah. am I going to eat how am I going to set up my study routine when am I going to go to the gym you know like are sports going to happen how are my organizations going to look like there's just a, a whole new load and you got to figure out like how am I going to how am I going to build that network how am I going to you know delegate certain things um, especially when you're in an organization i you're in the core cadets, whatever it might be. Right, you've got people that um, you want to make sure that you give them, you know, that opportunity to to be engaged and also um, not throw everything at them at the same time.
1: So that's actually a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, there's this uh, idea called trust but verify. You know, so as a leader, it's crucial, as you said to leave it in the hands of our subordinates, our subordinate leaders, because you might have a group of 50 people. You might be the main leader. There's other leaders in this group of 50 people. You know, and in, in my example with the executives, right? Your executives make your vision happen, right? You can't do that on your own. So it's important for me to trust my executives but verify that my vision is accomplished, right? I There's no way that I can go out and make sales, you know, throw pitches, create new ideas, stuff like that. I, ha- I set the overarching mission as the one in charge, right? And then once again, my executives go out into their respective fields and then they do their thing. And they come back to me and say, okay, boss, here's what happened. XYZ was accomplished. 123 was not. And th- that's, that's the importance of delegation. That's, that's how the mission is accomplished. The thing about it is, and I, I was very guilty of this myself, I had the most trouble delegating. It is so hard to get something to receive a mission. For example, you have a task, a critical task that has to be completed. But you're in some cases, you're trusting strangers to accomplish this mission. You are hoping that this stranger that barely even knows your name, right, is going to accomplish this mission with as much urgency and care as you would. And for a lot of people, and uh, including myself, I couldn't do it. I, I was the micromanaging type of leader when I was finding out my leadership ability, I couldn't, I could not let go. I would hold on to the reins as tight as I could. I wanted to see everyone doing what I wanted all at the same time because I could not trust that my subordinate leaders were going to do the right thing. And that was the worst habit to start when I was trying to find my leadership ability. You know, young leaders should experiment, you know, in low stakes environments where the consequences are, you know, you know, negligible, stuff like that, there's where it's not critical, you know, experiment as soon as you can, like even just like your friend groups, you know, um, you might find yourself in a leadership position among your peers, group project, you know, you don't have to micromanage everyone, but that's something that a lot of people do. And that is detrimental, not only to your progress, but to your team's uh, composition, because now it's like, this guy can't trust me. Why am I going to work for him? And if he wants to do it all himself, well, fuck it. He can go do it all himself, right? So, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no yeah. worries, yeah. Uh, and That's just the long and short of it because people, they pe- supporting this feed off of a leader's energy. It's And if they see that you don't trust, it's obvious because, you know, you're shaking when, you know, you're giving them what their tasks are because your voice is shaking. You don't trust them. And it's, it's plain. It's plain to see. And I'm like, oh, well, this guy doesn't trust me. Why should I trust him or care to, you know, enforce his vision among everyone else? So that's that's what I would say about, you know, delegation is being so critical in everyday life, not even in just like the highest stakes of like, you know, the military or, you know, being an executive or a CEO or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's even the little things. I mean, when people when you give people a task and they can see like, okay, this I'm getting the impression from this guy that he does not think I'm going to be able to accomplish whatever it is that he's giving me. So, like. Am I even valued? Like, what's going on? Am I just going to be this machine that they're I'm working and they're constantly making sure I'm doing right, what I'm yeah. supposed to be doing? Or, you know, can he give me a task and leave me alone for the week and just let me get back to him complete, like, done really well, and then we can work together and he was able to go off and do, you know, his other responsibilities that, you know, a leader has. And um, if you – you mentioned something where you're you, – you called – your team's subordinate leaders. Correct. Um, I really like that because if you don't make your team feel like they themselves are leaders, that they can take initiative on certain things and attack problems and make decisions on their own, then you're going to have a huge, huge problem. Um, And uh, when I I was, I had a leadership role at a camp over the summer where we had to make sure, um, you know, activities were running smoothly in terms of safety and um, making sure we had all the materials we need to run it and things like that. And one of the main problems I had was I tried to do all the checks myself mm-hmm. and go through all the materials and um, you know, like, is this crossbow working? Is this canoe going to stay afloat? Is, uh, do we have everything we need? Do you, do you need anything? And I was like constantly following my, the people on my team going, Hey, do you need anything? Do you yeah. need anything? You good? And it got to the extent where I made one person on my team feel like, Oh my goodness, I'm doing such a terrible job. Like he's telling me, you know, that <clears throat> I need to go get help from him because you know, I'm not doing great. And I felt like I was supposed to be there all the time and make sure that everything was going great. And it was to the extent where I wouldn't even assign anything. I would right. just go down and do things. Um, and it got to the point where I really sat down and I was like, okay, wait, what? What needs to happen? Because I'm exhausted. My team, you know, is kind of feeling like they're not doing a great job. No matter how many times I told them, like, hey, you're doing awesome. Like, this right, is going yeah. great. Right? They just... It didn't show through my actions. So I really – I sat down and I was like, okay, what's going on? I need to decentralize. And I, I do – I sat down. And I was like, I absolutely trust my team to do a good job with whatever it is that I give them. I just didn't want to feel like I wasn't doing anything. Right. Because this whole being in a leadership role was new. So it was like, okay, well, let me just give them – tell them exactly what needs to happen and then say, you come up with a plan. You make this happen. And all I'm going to do is give you the materials to make that possible. And that was when things really started to go smoothly. I was very comfortable. I noticed that my team was very comfortable um, within the activities that they were doing. And it all came down to just giving them more to do, obviously, within their within their realm of, you know, what they what their responsibilities are Um and like your team wants to do things. I feel like that's what a lot of people who are very conservative with their leadership sounds like, no, I got to do everything myself. Right. Like yeah. I don't want to burden my team. Um, and I really like that you brought that up, like making sure that, you know, you're on top of things and um, a lot of things like like when you said you really wanted to make sure that a good job was done on everything, right? right. So you're following up with your team and you're like, okay, we got to, you know, you know, like what, make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing that. And, and they didn't feel like they trusted you. And it's the exact same thing when you don't give them anything to do. One hundred percent. When it's like, okay, they don't trust me to do anything because, you know, they're not assigning anything. I'm just kind of sitting here doing the bare minimum and and thinking from the other point of view, it's very unenjoyable. Like whenever you're not you're you're just kind of there and you're not given any any meaningful tasks to do and you're not allowed to take initiative on certain things.
1: Exactly. And, you know, when you're part of a team, you're a part of that team, like in your case that under this organization, right, those people were there with the intention of accomplishing the mission. You know, so they, they're they they're already there. They're primed to serve, you know. So that's that's one um, stigma, I suppose, that should be alleviated first or just erased is that people don't want to serve you. Because there, there are people in these leadership positions, especially in our subordinate leader positions, right, they are there to support us. And nine times out of ten, those people are going to be willing to do everything in their power to support us so long as you know – we let them, you know, we trust them, and they know that we trust them, right? That, that's very important. Uh, and to that note, I'm, I'm actually really glad you mentioned that. It was um, what you said about feeling like you're doing nothing. Because when you, you know, you receive a mission, give your vision, executives, subordinate leaders, execute, then you're just sitting there. It's like, okay, now what? Usually I would go check on them, but I'm working on my leadership style. Well, what do I do now? Wait. J- just Wait. That is all you have to do. We, uh, we have a saying in the army: when you're developing a plan, especially when the when we conduct an ambush attack on the enemy or something like that, you have to let the battle develop. That that's the saying: let the battle develop. Just take a step back, analyze what's going on, just see the the situation unfold. You know that doesn't mean like don't be proactive and don't do anything. It just you know kind of take your hands off, laissez faire style, just let the situation progress. And then if something happens, you should be able to trust your subordinate leaders to come to you. You should not be running to them. Your job is, you know, the CEO, they should be reporting things to you. You are, as you said earlier, you're over here doing important leadership stuff, right? You know, head honcho type stuff. They you should not be even thinking about going to other people. They're the ones that should be coming to you. And you know, it's it's very easy to want to not do that because you're like I need to stay on top of these things you know if something comes up I want to be able to see it coming and nip it right in the bud no 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 no. you can't do that you know because you got like in this case how many people did you have under you
0: uh technically it was something like five or six five or six yeah
1: okay so let's say five people each in their respective fields right each doing their own specific task and they're all I'm guessing you know very organized and qualified for that specific field yeah okay and you are not you know, you were just there to make sure everything happens. You, you know, not nothing against your credentials as a leader, but, you know, sometimes we don't have all the knowledge and know-how to conduct and perform every task to the highest degree. No, absolutely. Like, like our subordinate leaders do. They are in those roles, once again, for a reason. And that just goes to, back to the point we have to empower our subordinate leaders. When we don't empower them, just like you said, it leaves people feeling useless. It's like, why am I even here trying to serve this guy? if he doesn't even trust me in the beginning. Because, once again, they are in that role for a reason. And if they don't have the ability to freely exercise their creativity and their avenues of solving problems in those roles, they're going to be left feeling useless. That's just the long and short of it. And then you have complacent subordinate leaders, and complacency is the bane of all progress and productivity. So that's just... Bad. That's just bad for business straight up. That's just how that happens. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Okay. Um and something something you mentioned that I like a lot is the taking taking a step back. Right. Right. I think there's a lot of leaders that um they like to get in and, you know, I need to lead by example and if I'm asking you know, my people to do a certain task, I need to get in there and do that task with them. And um, there are times where it's very appropriate to do that, right? To build that, like, hey, I'm in here with you. Like, we're not, I'm not just throwing things at you. Um, But the taking a step back thing is huge, huge, because you need to be the guy sometimes who can see the situation from the outside in. And while your people are going and doing their respective tasks, you can be like, okay, I can... I can kind of see what's going on. So whenever you have that situation where you have a team member who something happens and they come to you, and they're like, hey, this is going on. You know, do you have any advice on what I can do about it? You've been looking from the outside in the whole time. Exactly. And so you can say, hey, if you just like move this over here or if you set up this paper this way or you set up this presentation in mm-hmm. this way based on me taking a step back and acknowledging, you know, what works and what doesn't, it's a it's a quick easy fix. You should do this and be good to go. And you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't take that step back and really just watch things and see what was going on. You know, while your people are in the field.
1: Oh, and that's one hundred percent true because you know, as leaders, we we get the mission, the task, and then we get so, we become so fixated on it. You know, we just we we we, be, you know, it's, we suffer from really bad tunnel vision on just the goal. And when when that happens, you know, the bump in the road. It's like, oh, man, now the whole plan's gone out the window. You know, so that's why I believe it's so important to just, when we take a step back, just as you said, it's so, so much easier just to say, okay, yeah, just move that over. You know, fix this, and then everything would be good. The canoe's out, okay, we saw this one coming. Go back to the storage unit. Let's go trade that one out for another one, right? Yeah. It's just like that. It is, it is that simple. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, it's not always that simple, right? Uh, I'm a very emotional and impulsive person. I'm probably the most impulsive person you'll probably ever meet. I'm definitely a, a speak first, think later, you know, do first, ask for forgiveness later kind of person. And that's always the person I've been. And that's usually been at my detriment detriment most times. Uh, but I've kind of learned to hone that in uh, just through, you know, as a man, I've been, I've self-reflected. i like, okay, you know, as a man, I should probably be more in tune with myself. But that's for, for later, right? Yeah. And uh, for for leadership's sake, it's uh, it's important to understand that my impulsive actions to want to help, you know, I, I they may be good natured by all means, but like it is disrupting the productivity of the mission. You know, this this is hurt, hindering more than it is helping, and it it just goes back to once again, you are no longer a leader. Now you're. You know, you're in the mud with your guys, which, like you said, is a great thing to do at times. But there's there's most times the leader needs to be in the back. Uh, the question for you, I suppose, where do you say the leader belongs? Leading from the front or leading from the back, generally?
0: That's a tricky one. And I get a different answer every time I ask somebody that. And um, if you're asking me personally, I feel like the leader should be wherever it is that they need to be at that moment.
1: That's an excellent answer.
0: Yeah, I think there are times when you need to be at the front and and show you guys, like, hey, I'm going to be the first to step into this. Um, I am, you know, more than happy to lead you guys and go in. And then there are times when you need to be at the very back, either watching or making sure that, um, you know, the people that need the most help on your team are getting the help that they need and they're being supported. Um, you know, you need to be, I feel like, adaptility. adapt. And flexibility right, yeah. are extremely important um, as a leader. And that's one of the myriad of traits, which is what when you said earlier, like a leader's not a leader's not just born. Exactly. You know, they have to be made because there's so many things. So many things that have to be developed in order for you to be um, you know, a proper leader and you know, like you said, you're not going to do that unless, you know, you're willing to learn, you're willing to experiment a little, see what works, see what doesn't. Where do you need to be based on what team mm-hmm. that you're responsible for? What's the dynamic of, you know, are you, you know, doing something military related? Are you right. a, in, a, in a company somewhere? Are you an executive? So I mean, it just, it changes and you need to be ready to be where you need to be when you need to be there.
1: Yeah. And that, I, that answer... It was a perfect bravo by the way, that was an excellent answer I, I've never received an answer like that, but I would agree with you wholly. you know it's a it's all a matter of the situation. I am all for you know the leader that wants to be right in the mud with his guys charging in for you know first one in last one out with the last guy you know that's all motivating and great, but sometimes the situation just doesn't call for that yeah you know it's sometimes as leaders we get stuck in the office. You know, we're doing paperwork when the guys are out in the field. You know, they're doing the muddy, you know, the messy work for us. That's just what happens that, you know, our subordinate leaders are our accessories, if for lack of a better term. They are our extra digits. They're the ones that actually go out and get their hands dirty to accomplish the mission, right? And I agree that you should – some leaders should lead from the back, you know. Help the last person in the formation, in the group that needs the most support because that's going to facilitate – you know, your vision, excuse, excuse me, you know, leading in between the ranks or in, in between group members, you know, just doing checkups, checkpoints, having, you know, goals set, things of that nature. Those are all very important for the mission's completion, you know, but you don't have to be overbearing. And the answer that a leader has to be adaptable, I really think is the, like the most perfect answer. So I would also argue that would be the same answer. Leaders should lead from wherever he's needed. You know, where, wherever the situation calls for. And like you said, sometimes that answer is not so clear. You know, that's why it just takes experimenting, especially for new leaders in the audience that might be trying to experiment with what uh, whatever they may, you know, be going into. It could be a flow, you know. Uh, it could be a student org. Uh, God knows, right, there's a plethora of things to do everywhere, um, not even just on a campus. It could be within your community. It could be a church, stuff. anything, truly. Um, it's just a matter of finding out what works because the sooner that you do, the sooner that you can, place power into everyone's hands, and then that's what gets that's that's where the magic happens when you can say okay, here's my goal, execute, and then everyone goes off and does their thing, and come back to you, and comes back to you, hey Alexander, you know, X Y Z, we did it, you know, along the way, this happened, we figured it out. No stress on your part, got it. that was too easy. On to the next one. That's how it should go. you know that that's how I think that an ideal mission goes. you know when your subordinate leaders are solving problems along the way. you need to tell them that it's okay for problems to come up. let them try and solve it first. That's a bit it's like parenting you know you you don't want to shelter your child right or ideally you shouldn't you should you know want to slowly safely of course expose them to the world, but same thing with your subordinate leaders. Give them the opportunity to solve the problem when it comes up. You know, you are there, of course. You know, once again, it's your vision. They need to, you know, let you know when things happen. But if it's something that they can reasonably handle, let them handle it. You know, give them the ropes, the reins, or whatever you say. You know, it's it's important that they, once again, understand they have the power to do such a thing because it's they. It may be your vision, but it's also theirs too because they're working for you by proxy. It is also their vision. They, if they are willingly, you know working with you it is also their vision you know
0: yeah no absolutely i mean if they if your team doesn't have a grasp on what the vision is and they don't feel like they can make decisions while they're out in the field those quick decisions and you find that they're coming back to you for you know everything like hey this like little thing went wrong and what do I do? Like what, what do we do? And I, it, something went very wrong if you're finding that this is the situation that you're in consistently. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely, like, making sure um, – yeah, and it goes back to just making sure that you are where you need to be. Um,
1: oh, for sure, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it all works together. And And the idea of being adaptable and, like, learning and trying new leadership mm-hmm. skills and – I think, I mean, like, freshman organizations, college organizations, I mean, they're not going to expect you to show up from high school and be, you know, the perfect leader. And that's a great, great way to step in and be, okay, let me me try this and see what happens. Let me try this and see what happens. And, like, don't be afraid to get bold with it and try certain things and just see. Because it's not like the entire, you know, city is going to fall apart if you don't make a a good choice on, like, should we put our, you know, bannering sign here? Or should we put it (laughs) over here? Like, that's not going to be... That's not going to be what tears the city apart, um, and I think a lot of that comes with like. And I I wanted to ask you this question as well. Um, but what do you think? And I hate these questions. Okay. But a lot of people, a lot of people ask this, and they're looking for like that quick. We talked about this before. Like, what are the what are the top three things that you know somebody should do quickly to like be a perfect leader, right? Like, whatever it is, right? That's not a thing, right? But if there's one. If there's one character trait that you had to start with as a leader, what do you think that character trait would be?
1: That is a bad question. Definitely a loaded question. It has to be. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, that is a very good question, though. Um, a lot of people that want to embark on a leadership journey, and it's not that dramatic, right? You know, Today you will embark on your leadership journey. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. right, it's it's not so easy. You don't know where to start. The trait that I would argue would be the most important would be tenacity. It would be that have being tenacious enough to get up when you get knocked down. You know, it's it's the cliche story of the kid who never, you know, the little train that could, right? But it's so true because as a leader, especially as a new leader that doesn't understand, you know, the dance of leadership, the song and dance of leadership, you will get knocked down oh my god, you, you will think you're a stud. You're going to come in and get knocked down on your ass. And then it's going to hurt. Sometimes the concrete isn't even hard enough to catch or fall, so you're going to keep falling. And it's so important that once you eventually hit hard ground, that you get up again and try again. Just as you said, you know, this experiment with the banner, okay, this did tear down the city. Let's not put the banner there anymore. Let's try again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, tenacity is so important. And, you know, I could have said we were talking about adaptability. And I guess in some regards that, also encompasses adaptability, but I would say tenacity is a little different in that it's uh, it's within yourself, you know. And so is adaptability to a certain degree, but uh, I would argue that tenacity is, in a way, more how should I say raw? I guess of a of an emotion because tenacity is an attribute; it's a raw attribute. You know, it's I'm down, but I want to get up again no matter what. And as leaders, you know, as men today. We should strive to be, you know, a tenacious leader, someone that is willing to go and fail. Having having the courage to fail would definitely also – I would argue courage would also be a big one for a leader because it's, it's not easy to get in front of people and say, all right, this is what we're going to do, X, Y, and Z, right? Um, but if I were to – you know, I digress. Tenacity overall I would say would be the highlighting attribute for a leader. Then followed by, you know, the other ones, adaptability, you know uh, – Charisma. Charisma is a very big one. If you can't talk to people, you need to go to, you know, Com205. 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 And you need to learn some lessons in talking to people. Um, Let's see. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Problem solving skills. You know, obviously, if you're given a problem, you need to be able to solve it. But all in all, I would argue tenacity. Yeah, hopefully that's not an answer you've received before. Hopefully that's a new one. It's
0: really not. I mean, I've heard like oh, ambition. Uh, you know, like vision. I don't know. I've heard. I've gotten a lot of different answers. Um, but I was going like to say vision. Was,
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say like well, I'm not going to say that.
0: You went. You went with tenacity, which I really, I really, really like, and I feel like a lot of people are get the impression that like oh, this is boldness. This is uh, you know, this is like being in control. Like gunning through breaking every wall that comes in my way yeah. but i really like the way you explained that and i maybe not a lot of people caught on to this but i almost sense a little bit of humility in that like hey you don't have all the answers
1: oh guaranteed that, and once again you know that that is another trait that okay i take that i take back my list so tenacity then humility Humility, humility, humility. Not only is it, you know, it's preached in religions all across the world. You know, be the most humble you can be. You know, who was it? Moses or Noah that said, "I'm the most humble man." Something, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of funny, but no, having humility. You know, because it, it's true. Just as you said, you don't know everything. You know, that's that's in that's for everyone else to know everything. You know, you know what you know, and that should you should just leave it at that. Don't act like you know everything because the day that you start acting like you know everything that's when that's when the city falls apart you know that's that's when you start saying things like oh yeah you know i got this under control i know what's going on no you don't you know don't don't be that guy don't put up a facade and then cause the mission to fail as a result because you thought you could be arrogant and not humble cuz those things are it's it's a tight balance you know but you you know you don't want to be so humble that you you come off as you know incompetent because that's you know it's a fine line. Once again, it goes back to the song and dance of leadership, that it just takes some getting into the rhythm of. But yes, hum- humility was definitely an underlying tone of that trait.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it goes back to what you said even earlier, right? Like some of some of the people on your team uh, are going to have certain qualifications, and they're going to be put in that position because of those qualifications, and you might not even have those qualifications. Exactly. But you're you've been chosen to call the shots on those things. Right. And, um, it's a good balance. Cause I feel like I'm a strong believer that if you were put in a leadership position, it was because you were meant to be there. Right. Um, and so just that you are in a leadership position, just that the people who are responsible, um, for, you know, making that decision to put you there, saw something, they felt that you were going to be good for the job. Um, that should be enough for you to be like, okay, I might not have all the answers, but I've got what it takes to be in this role so let me you know go to my team let me get all the information i need and when it comes down to it i am capable of making a decision and moving forward with it and even if it wasn't the right decision which you're not going to make the right decision every time but being able to again you're going to get knocked out knocked down you might you know even fall so hard you'd go through the concrete (laughs) like you said but um okay it's okay i knew i wasn't going to know everything i was doing let me get back up let me do it again. And I I want my team to get back up with me. And um, just really making sure that you are consistent and, in, in, hey, it's okay. We're not going to make the right decision every time. Um, but let's work really hard to make the right one next time and, like, continue moving forward. Um, and that's something that, again, goes back to the idea of, um, like, not getting it, not being able to, being able to experiment a little bit whenever you're sure. you're in that leadership position. Like you, you don't have to get it right. Don't let trying to get it perfect on the first try be the enemy of doing a really great job on that first try. You know what I mean?
1: I know exactly um, what you mean. And uh, have you ever heard of the idea of extreme ownership? You know, I am familiar with the idea of extreme ownership. I also am too, and I'm a big proponent for it. You know, so. You know, in the times that the mission goes right, great. We all did that, you know. we, You, my subordinate leaders, and me, we made that happen. Great, on to the next one. Oh, no, you know, this experiment with my leadership ability didn't go right. Once again, we tore the other side of College Station down, you know. That was on me, guys. That was all my fault. That was my call. You know, y'all helped, you know, burn down half the city, but it was my call in the end. I did that. I want to learn. We're going to learn together. On to the next one.
0: And there's a huge element of people. People think it's just about, oh, like you're you're just being the bigger person by by taking the blame. Right. No, you're putting yourself in a position where you can do something about it. Right. Where it's like, OK. This this went wrong, like, oh, I didn't get as high of a score on my exam that as I would have liked. Right. On a personal level. Right. right. Let's talk about leadership on a personal. Yeah, level. no, that, that exists. Um You know, it could have been, oh, I was like sick that one day last week and didn't study as much as I would have liked or, uh, you know, I'm running low on sleep like, you know, it's it's whatever. Right. I could have done better if I wanted to. Right. You keep pushing it off and and putting it on other things. Right. And then you're like, no, you know what? I could have set more time aside to study. That was that was on me. Or um, I could have made sure I was taking care of myself.
1: Yeah. To not get get
0: sick in the first place. And then and people think that might be a little extreme, like, OK, you got sick. What are you going to do about it? Right. But like I feel like as college students, a lot of times you just and I'm 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 speaking to myself and everybody else is just listening. Right. right of course. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying course. I've got this locked down. Right. But, you know, I'll, I'll skip meals all the time it's just to be like, oh, yeah, like I'll I'll eat later. I got to get this you know assignment or um i need to rest now or like let me take a nap i can eat late like whatever it is and then my mom i'll get sick and my mom was like yeah what did you think was gonna happen like you haven't eaten in a day and a half like you've been in and out of sleep just trying to study whatever like if you take it easy go get a good meal take care of yourself and then go study that hour of studying will do more for you than that day and a half where you were just exhausted and sick and all this crazy stuff. So,
1: Guaranteed. I think- no, 100%. I don't mean to cut you off, but that is something that is so, 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 like, just overlooked completely. Is just thinking that, yeah, I'll just grind this out, you know, as I go and, you know, to hell with it all. No, there's no way. That, that hour of studying, when you're in your prime, when your body is able and your mind is capable and you know ready to absorb that will be the most productive hour of your college existence you know that somehow you will find yourself knowing things that you just didn't even imagine you would know and it's so true just but when you, you get yourself sick you know you put yourself in these positions where you're like oh great you know I got sick I got a little head cold you know I'm gonna take a nap skip a meal I'll come back to it tomorrow I'll just study I'll just study an extra hour tomorrow so now you got two hours of study tomorrow you know uh, you know, tomorrow comes around, uh, you know, my head's still a little stuffy, and I'm, I'm just going to, I'll lay in bed, you No, know, let me recover for another day. I'll go to the gym tomorrow, too, you know, try and catch up. Tomorrow comes, and now you got three hours of study, you've got stuff to do, you know, things are starting to pile up. That's not how it works. You know, that, or that's how it happens. You know, it just stuff will pile on, and it doesn't, the load does not get lighter with time. It gets heavier. Spoiler alert for any listeners out there. It gets heavier. Stop putting stuff off. You know, it's. Time waits for no one. We we are getting older and older and older as the seconds pass. I might have an existential crisis right now. You know, okay. <laughs> it, it's it's insane. The, the time that you lost five minutes ago, that's not coming back. An hour ago, that's gone. A day ago, kiss it goodbye. You know, so by putting stuff off, you're only harming yourself. And at least in today's society, I feel like that. You know, it goes back to extreme ownership, but on a more fundamental level of, you know, leading yourself because personal leadership is a real thing. It goes back to, you know, even even, you know, more fundamental of being a man and being able to hold yourself accountable for your own actions, because if you can't hold yourself accountable, how are you going to be able to lead people? You know, if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others just in the same way. If you can't take care of yourself, there's no way you're taking care of others because you can't take care of the one person that you can control things of. You know, you can control when you sleep, when you eat, you know, in the situations where you may or may not get sick, when you study, so on and so forth. And if you can't control those things, there's no way you're leading things in the private sector, in the military. You know, it's just the list goes on and on. But that's got to be the long and short of it, of, you know, just when you stop procrastinating and own things to the extreme, like just daily endeavors, productivity will go through the roof. And that's just how it happens. There's no shortcuts around productivity. If it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. That That's the secret right there. And that's just how that goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, again, like just putting yourself in a position where, and a lot of people get to that point by just getting frustrated, right? Like they'll they'll sit with themselves. They'll look at the guy in the mirror and be like, you know what? I'm so tired of... That 30 minutes of missed sleep two weeks ago, like, having this much of a grasp over what I feel like I can accomplish and what I can't. Like, screw those 30 minutes. I can do something right now. Yeah. I know what mistake I made. I know how to fix it. So I'm going to fix it. Like, there's not – I feel like – and it's so easy to get off track. Like, I'm saying it now, and it seems so simple, and it's not. It's so hard in those situations to be like – oh like it's so hard to just get a get a grasp of what's going on and really just push forward and say like i'm gonna fix this because what went wrong the first time was on me and again on a team level like taking ownership and and a lot of people are under the the misconception that oh if i admit mistakes to my team they're not gonna trust me or they're gonna be like oh this guy's like doesn't know what he's doing or whatever but most of the time when i've i've told my team like hey this is something that I told you we were going to do before. Um, I didn't see that, you know, it was going to result like this. I didn't think that this was going to happen. Uh, maybe I did see it coming and ignored it. Whatever it may be, that was on me. Uh, that was my mistake. I'm going to take measures to fix that so we can move forward as a team and be even better than we were before. And right. the, the, it was... <clears throat> all all the feedback was positive every time it was like okay you know what like i'm comfortable with a guy who will tell me like when when they made a mistake and if i if i was i when i'm on a team and i'm looking up to the guy above me that i'm reporting to and he's like hey guys like this happened i messed up this is what we're gonna do to fix it and i would love if you guys were on board to to help me out with that and it was almost like like a like a hype speech when no, I would like real, yeah. talk about that. It was like okay, you know what? I got a guy that's on my team. He's going to tell me when he makes a mistake, and he wants me there to help him. And I like makes me feel qualified. Right. And you know the whole the whole circle that we've been talking exactly. about, where it's like bring your team into things, like tell them what what really what's going on, and give them the ability to take initiative on on things and. That ties right back into that and it puts you in a position where you're like, okay, you know what? Like we can we can handle this. This isn't just, oh, the wind blew the wrong direction that day, so we're just not gonna not gonna get anything done.
1: You know what I mean? Oh guaranteed. Having transparency with your followers is paramount. You can't just leave it all smoked and mirrors. You know, guiding a ship through the fog, you know, you can see above because you know, you're behind the steering wheel, but if your followers don't know where you're steering into, it's destined to crash. It's that simple. Terrible metaphor, I know, but that's just how it happens. So when you have that leader that comes to you that says, Hey man, Alexander, I know you did your best, but I messed it up for everyone. That, you know, that I would say that justifies their credentials as the leader. You know, because they are taking extreme ownership of that fault, of that mistake. Once again, it wasn't just the winds that blew wrong. That was on me, guys. You know, uh, I felt this the strongest win... Uh, my dad admitted to me that he was wrong as a kid. Uh, my dad, probably the most prideful person I'll ever meet in my life. And, that, you know, maybe that's just a father thing, but never admitted he was wrong. Can't blame him, you know. Uh, but there was, he was undoubtedly wrong this one time. And, uh, you know, he chewed my ass out for something that he thought I did was not me. He came to me and apologized. You know, he admitted... My father, he admitted that he was wrong. And to me, I was just like, I was so taken aback. I was like, what? Well, this is my dad, you know? Who is this guy? Um, And that, that it was like a hype speech, you know? It, it was also all like a bonding experience. Uh, it just, it, was, it created another level of trust to where I understood, this is my dad breaking down the dad barrier. Now this is just one human to another, right? This is, you know, we're still father and son, but he's breaking down this barrier of, The hard father, the hard, strong father. Now he is, you know, a friend. You know, it sounds strange, but, you know, that's what it was. It was a friend showing his weakness. And to show your weakness, especially to your subordinates, especially to your son, right, your developing son, impressionable son, that leaves a lasting impact on followers, on children, of all kinds of nature, you know? And it's such a healthy thing to do. You know, once again... Don't put yourself in the situations where you have to do that. Don't intentionally fail a mission to be like, oh, sorry guys, we'll, we'll get them next time. You know, don't yeah. don't do that, right? Yeah. But when that when that situation arises, you know, be the guy that says that was on me. Once again, you know, damn, we've had a rough week, but you know, we'll we'll get them next time. Be that motivator. You know, it, it's just so important to not drag the team down because once the team's dragged down, then no one's going to want to do anything. Like, oh, we're just going to fail again. What's the point? You can't do that, you know. You get, you're once again, as we said in the beginning, subordinates feed off of your energy. If you're showing, you know, you're hesitant, uh, you're maybe even incompetent. God forbid, they're going to see that. They're going to see right through it, and then be like, ah, "Is this guy really qualified?" You know, should we start looking to other leaders in the group? And then you have like this coup d'etat of, well, I I think Jimmy over here is more qualified than Alexander. Maybe we should let Jimmy lead for a while, see what happens. Then you know now your whole leadership position's in jeopardy and the whole mission's out the window. You can't allow that to happen. You know, another trait that a leader should have should be just dominance, you know? Appropriate dominance, you know? Not, like, domineering. There's there's a difference, you know? Right,
0: right. There's, uh, I don't want people to misconstrue that and be like, oh, you gotta just, like, trample all over everybody right, and tell right. them what to do all the time. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, you can't do that, but, like, having some dominance even a a high degree of dominance is very important to be able to take charge of a situation, a hectic uh, situation even. Because if, you know, once again, the winds are blowing to the east and you're going this way and about to go under, you need to be able to get that position and use that position and all of its influences to the highest degree. You need to be able to grab that situation and take charge. Because if you can't, then it's sink or swim. And you're not swimming. That's just how it happens. And then we're back to square one. Now Jimmy's going to replace you, you're out the door, no longer a leader. And your experiment, little leadership lab experiment, gone. It was a waste. Maybe, okay, maybe not a waste. You learned, right? You learned what- Well,
0: hopefully, th- hopefully you right. learned what, what got you out and can avoid it going in next one.
1: For sure, exactly. But let's try and avoid that, right? You know, especially as young men, young leaders, we we have the the luxury to fail. And once again, it goes back to having the tenacity- to want to uh try after you've been put down but to be given that luxury i think is just that it's literally it's a luxury it's um also very um overlooked like a lot of things i've mentioned you know it's um don't get it perfect you know don't don't overthink things either you know just go out there and do that that goes back to my I guess impulsive nature right I just want to go out and see what happens. And sometimes there's no problem with that. Sometimes there's not a problem to actually thinking two or three steps ahead as well. Um being a thinker would help me in some cases. I can think of a handful. Um but I'm also glad to have done things just on a on a whim. Because they've put me more or less to where I am now, you know. Like I had a um choosing where to go to college. I had three choices. I could have gone to uh, West Point in New York uh, here. Uh, I could have enlisted or I could have, like, worked at UPS or something. Uh, the UPS one probably wasn't going to happen. My mom <laughs> probably would have skinned me. but uh, So I had three choices, right? I could have enlisted, could have gone to New York, uh, come here. And on a whim, I was like, you know what? I want to do what I want. Screw it. So I came here. And I didn't give it a second of thought. I, I really didn't. And I'm so happy that I came here, you know? Uh, in hindsight, maybe thought about it a little more. I probably still would have ended up here. Don't get me wrong, I love it here. Uh, at Texas A&M University and College Station. Whoop. <laughs> um, but going, if I could redo it, I definitely would have thought a little more about it, weighed the options a little more. But no, you know, then I would, I would probably feared. Probably my thinking was I'd get in my own head, and no longer acting on instinct what I want to do. Now I'm thinking logically, and that scared a young Xavier, you know, uh, senior in high school during COVID. That was was a strange idea to think a couple of steps ahead. But as leaders, you know, especially now, as leaders, we have to be thinking steps ahead. Because just acting on impulse, on instinct, on, you know, a knee-jerk reaction, that's great and all, until something that you could have foresaw two weeks in the future is finally at your door. Now there's this insurmountable object you and your team are facing that y'all can't get around because you didn't have the, uh, the, for- the foresight to think ahead. That's why it's so important to, once again, you know, understand that song and dance of leadership. I need to be able to do things quickly, but I also need to be able to do things you know, ahead of time. I need to be able to tackle these deadlines, or at least understand these deadlines are approaching. Or this is an obstacle that we might soon encounter. What if we run out of canoes? You know, then what are we going to do for the campers or something like that? You know, um, and being able to work around those. Now we got to go put in an order for more canoes, just in the event that something might happen, right? Because what are you going to do if campers can't canoe? You're going to have a bunch of sad campers. Appli- applicable anywhere else, you know. Your boss's boss, as a CEO, is wondering, you know. Where's this deadline at? Where's the project? Could have saw it coming two weeks ago, but you just forgot. Understanding the, the inner workings of leadership comes with planning. The, there's uh, the saying, prior planning prevents piss poor performance. So true. When you understand that things are coming to you, and they will continually add up, like it's exponential how fast things will add up, especially as a leader. Time goes by so quick when you're planning Trying to get stuff done, simply by writing stuff down and just understanding that, okay, this is rapidly approaching, I got to let the team know. It goes back to the transparency piece, you know, letting them know all know that, hey, there's a deadline's coming, is this overarching problem situation we need to crush together. It requires everyone to help. That is what leads to a facilitated vision, to an accomplished goal. Uh, and through that, you know, a successful mission. I would argue,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, I do want to ask you, you know, what the balance is with that, because I would argue, you, you know, you say you've always been, you've always been, you know, a quick decision maker, you, right. you, um, you know, impulsive, if you will. But I was the exact opposite all the time. I would, I would sit there, and I, I had mentioned this to you before, but like sit there for hours hours thinking about you know what happens if i do this what happens if i go this route you know um you know should i eat this or should i eat this like the really little things right right and i just couldn't make a decision and you know there's what's the line between planning ahead and getting stuck in a situation where your team is like hey you know when are you gonna when are you gonna make a decision on this like when are we gonna get the directive of you know like what what we need to do in this situation and I can't make that decision because I'm so bogged down trying to figure out okay what's going to happen a year from now what's going to happen 5 years from now you know is this all going to go south like and then you get overwhelmed trying to plan out everything uh, to perfection
1: Exactly and you know it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is taking a step back but you know to that note don't take 5 steps back cuz then then we're looking at everything right let's look at just this week don't take 5 steps back so you're looking at next year's numbers. Let's let's get this week's numbers straight. So, understand like perspective. That that's the biggest thing, right? It's understanding that there is there's is tomorrow, there is the next day, and then there's this week. More so there's the following week, the following month, the year, so on and so forth. You got to know where to take that step. You know, if I was given a mission in my army lab and they told me, "All right, platoon leader, go attack this, uh, enemy hideout. Okay, great. If I get so focused on, okay, what about, you know, tomorrow's enemy's mission, you know, then I'm bogged I'm bogging myself down on potentials and what ifs and what happens if X, Y, and Z happens. You can't do that. Cause then once again, it puts you in this position where, uh, your, uh, lead, your subordinate leaders are wondering what's going on. Why aren't you making the decision? Because you've, you've you're worrying too much. That's that's what it is. It's and it's easy for me to say cuz I'm not much of a worrier. I take that back. I worry a lot. But <laughs> I try not to show it. Um but some people are. Some people just it's hard for them to make a simple decision, you know, chocolate or vanilla, you know, go outside, stay in. It's some it's, sometimes it's not that simple, right? But generally it's it comes down to you might we're just worry too much. You might not want to hear it, but you worry too much and you don't need to. I would argue that Taking it, and it's not a simple thing, right? It, it, it takes practice, just like leadership does. Figuring out the impulse or, you know, acting quicker, taking your time de- uh, deliberating on something. It, it takes practice knowing when's appropriate and when's not to. You know, for big things like where should I go to school? That's something that you, maybe take your time on. Maybe take a month or two to think about. What are you going to have for lunch? You know, just get what sounds good. You know, it sounds simple, but really and that's practice having you know that's that's working that's working with yourself you know it's um uh what is it not uh interpersonal or is that intrapersonal intra intrapersonal is yourself right i believe so okay so
0: interpersonal would be you among other other members okay right Yes, yes.
1: Maybe. So maybe someone can fact check me on that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just
0: using my prefixes for my knowledge of of my biology. Right. <laughs> yeah. So intra versus inter sure. but
1: Uh no, so intrapersonal skills are definitely skills that, you know, are overlooked. And to that note of once again think further down the line or do now, you know, it's that's an intrapersonal skill that's often overlooked because you just some people just go about their days just going through the motions. There's no real decisions being made, and that that's a whole different topic about are you even living at that point, yeah, yeah. you know, but to this to this note for leadership, I hate that it I kind of sound like a broken record here. Just experiment, you know it there's some things that you can safely experiment with, you know where do I put this person here uh on this day, you know? When, when would I execute this presentation? When do I want it done by? Setting these guidelines and expectations for yourself and your team, I would say, uh, helps with that, uh, with that line, finding where that line is. Because if you have no line or no guidelines or expectations, milestones to be made, then you're kind of just wandering, right? Now you just, now you just have your vision, but nothing with really any true, tangible ways of measuring the success or the failure of this vision, right? Right. So... To dance on that line, or to find that line, I should say, would be setting milestones. It's a more concrete way of being able to analyze where you and your team are at. Uh, and you don't have to micromanage, as we were talking about earlier. You know, you don't have to uh, uh, just bog down everyone with your worries and your concerns. Just set these milestones. These are what we're going to do. These are what our numbers are going to look like next week. Let's get these numbers here first. By Wednesday. And then we'll see what they look like compared to what we need them to be by Friday. That's where I would say setting those little milestones helps with that. So now you don't have to worry about, oh God, you know, how are we going to, our numbers are so low today. How are we going to get them up by Friday? Don't worry about that. You know, take it little steps at a time. Don't, don't worry about everything right now. You do enough wearing as a leader, you know, you're going to get worry lines. It's, it's important that you see today, maybe tomorrow, you know, it just, it just depends. A lot of it is depending on the severity of the situation, you know, how, what's on the line, you know, if it's just a presentation you and group members need to get done for your class, you know, we might make weekly comm- uh, weekly meet, uh, meetings in the library and we'll get a little bit done an hour every day, something like that, you know, it could be a little more complex. Now we got to, you know, make weekly numbers to meet our monthly quotas and the monthly quotas for the yearly. So, you know, in that case, yeah, it gets a little more complicated, but To answer your question, you know, set milestones, set, set where you check marks, checkpoints where you want your team to be and yourself. Where do you want yourself to be, you know, as a leader among your peers?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Small, achievable checkpoints, putting things where in perspective, putting things in their place, like not worrying about, you know, oh, like what's going to happen in a year? Just going, okay, like we need to make it through the week. We need to do this one thing. Right, You know, like, okay, let's set really tangible things to make that happen. And then you'll get where you need to be by the year. Exactly. Or if you're not, you'll have enough experience by then. You'll see where the process got to. You'll be in a place where you can make a decision. For sure. Sometimes you're trying to make decisions on things and you have no clue what the factors are even going to be. By the time you get there. Yeah. No, that's huge. I see a lot of places I can apply that. Um, No,
1: and don't – I hope it doesn't sound like I've got it all figured out because I find myself often just stressing about, okay, you know – just like everyone does. You know, that's just a human thing. We worry. I, I envy the people that don't, truly. Uh, but no, I I find myself worrying a lot. I try not to show it once again, but uh, I, I bog myself down and I'm like, all these things that I have to do have to get done, you know? You know, uh, my anniversary is coming up, with my girlfriend, you know, my mother's day, my sister's birthday, father's day soon, you know? All these things that come up and it's like, oh my God, take it slow, you know? Set goals that that man that's such a huge thing and I need to write that down for myself actually yeah. you know because really it's it's slept on in the long and short of it it's it's not very much used because people they don't plan things I am people I don't plan things you know uh, and I found I find myself that when I do life is a lot less stressful I don't have to wor- worry about what's going on in two weeks when I can just see the check marks that I have for myself now uh, in this week. You know, it, that, that's how I see it. Maybe if you have any other ideas, I don't know. But check marks of what I've found makes, you know, finding that line a lot easier to navigate on.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, like, you can't go through – a semester, for example, of school takes the entire semester. Yeah. Because you can't be there making a decision on day one about every single thing you're going to do throughout the entire semester. It's just, okay, like, let me start this week. What do I want to do? I want to figure out where my classes are. Right. Right? That's – that's step 1. You don't have to be like, "Oh, how am I going to, you know, in in theoretical mechano whatever yeah. on earth you want to call it, like how am I going to get an A in the class by the, my final? like that's you're not even there yet. You're not even there yet. You don't know what your grade is. You don't even know where the class is.
1: You don't even know what you're going to wear class you don't tomorrow, even know what you know. You're going to
0: wear, yeah. Yeah. You know, my my aggy shirt like, <laughs> my friend got me for when I got accepted. You know, whatever it <laughs> right, is. Like, yeah. I don't even know. But um yeah. That's huge. I see a lot of places I can apply that. And again, like anytime I say something, I definitely don't have it figured out. Um, And nobody really does, right? I mean, everybody's still trying to figure out, you know, leadership things. And that's if I had one thing to say um, to, you know, anybody coming into a leadership role, freshman coming in, whoever it might be, um, it's exactly what you said earlier, which is don't be afraid of experimenting a little bit and um don't let don't don't try to get it perfect on the first time recognize that you're not going to get it perfect and uh don't be afraid to to try new things cut things into chunks and make it really manageable yeah
1: yeah no um, n- that really is the long and short of it man it's it's not easy it's a hard dance it's like the two step but a lot harder <laughs> i don't know any other dances but yeah. no it's it takes some practice yeah uh young leaders like I keep saying it we have the the luxury of being able to fail now so that way it's it's you know it might seem like detrimental now but yeah. compared to what we'll be in our future lives as you know community leaders and uh company leaders you know stuff like that that's when it matters that's when we need to have the stuff figured out and that's why I completely agree with you experiment now yeah do things that scare you now cuz If you find out what scares you now and that doesn't work, great. Don't do it again. Yeah. Do something else that works. Yeah. Or what you think might work.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it seems big now, right? Yeah, right. Oh, like, I just got into college. This is like the biggest thing I've done my whole life. Like,
1: I'm away from family. No one's telling me what to
0: do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't mess this up, right? Well, okay. Well, you can, it's okay if you mess a couple things up. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and I'm saying this as a junior, like, wishing I could tell my freshman year (sighs) self, like, you and me both. Man, just, just go do things like it doesn't matter. It doesn't take all this thought like what org am I going to join? Um, what am I going to do for COVID? Am I going to like go to this class? Am I going to exactly. just like stay? like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. So many things I stressed about took so much mental energy and just wish I, you know, opened my door, walked out my room and did whatever. That, you know what and, I
1: mean? you know, I did that this year. Actually, I uh, uh, this semester I was like, you know what? Screw it. I want to sign up for a jujitsu class. And I've been getting my ass kicked every single day for the past 15 weeks. And I've done nothing but loved it. Every single time that I walk in that room. And I I like to say I'm decently strong. I go to the gym a lot. But it's different when these guys have been practicing all their lives. My strength means nothing. And then I just get thrown onto the mat, choked out, my elbows turning in ways that it shouldn't, my ankles backwards, you know, stuff like that. But that wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have had such just, like, a rewarding experience had i not just opened the door and said let's see what happens today if i go out and sign up for this jujitsu jitsu class what's the worst that could happen you know sure i could break an arm or something like that. who cares let's just see what happens if i don't like it i don't like it that's a that's an evening wasted now i know same thing with leadership you know spend the time learning about yourself you know who says know thyself socrates so- someone said that Uh,
0: Yeah, I'm not super familiar, but uh, somebody, I do remember that being a phrase that that was thrown around a lot.
1: Yeah, no, know thyself. That is so important because the sooner that you know yourself, the sooner that your life is just going to be better. Now you know how you feel. You can control yourself once again. Control what you can control, and that's yourself. It's got to be. Yeah. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. Well, Xavier, this has been awesome. I agree. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you have a final, so I want to let you go. Um, But I need to figure out where to register for jiu because <laughs> I, th- I think i'm gonna pull the trigger this summer
1: you should you should you should find a gym okay all of our listeners do jujitsu. jitsu it's
0: awesome the jiu jits as jocko willink likes yes. to call it yes
1: <laughs> do it do it no sponsors but do it <laughs> <laughs> go support your local gym
0: yeah no for sure well um xavier this was awesome thank you so much
1: alexander thank you for having me yeah it's been a pleasure man.
0: well see you guys later
1: yes sir